Hello and welcome back to the Down South IT Podcast. My name is Clark and today we're going to be talking about the single most essential point in your home network. That's right, we're going to be talking about your router. Today we're going to run through some of the basics of what a router does and how it does it. Where you want to place it in your home so you don't have any dead spots in certain areas. And also what the letters mean when someone's talking about router speed. Uh, we'll also go over real quick the anatomy of a router just so you can kind of get an idea of what you'd be looking at if you have to move one or take one apart or that kind of thing so you can kind of put it back together without too much trouble and with that let's go ahead and get going and take a dip into the world of Wi-Fi but just before that as a reminder you can always go back and listen to past episodes of the podcast on SoundCloud iTunes uh, Google Play Store and on Stitcher you can stay up to date with the podcast by checking out the Facebook page. Just search at Down South IT. You can find it there. Just give the page a quick like, and if you don't mind, that way I'll know you stopped by. Uh, I'm always posting articles on there, stuff that I think will be interesting, some new tech that's coming out or on the verge of coming out. And now, excitingly enough, the show actually has its own website. That's right. I put it back together. So I'll be keeping things up to date with that as well as the Facebook page. Uh, keep in mind, it will it's just getting started and it's going to evolve a little bit over time. But it's fairly set in what it is. So go check it out. It's downsouthit.wordpress.com. Uh, you can take a look at it, around it and let me know what you think. Uh, you can also email me any questions, comments, or show ideas at downsouthit@gmail.com. And after the show, if you're having any router issues or anything like that, let me know. I will do my best to try to walk you through it. And now on to the show. We, of course, have to start at the beginning. And at the beginning of the show, I said that your router is basically the single most essential point in your home network. And I say that because of all the devices that you have in your home, your router is the hub that your data revolves around. Every device that is on your network whether it's plugged into the router, plugged into a switch or a hub, or it's on Wi-Fi, sends and receives data from your router. So if your network equipment was, say, the electrical system in your house, your modem would be your meter leading out to the internet. Your router would be the breaker box. That's the thing, the place that everything connects to. So why is your router so important? Well. In the home environment, routers do a lot more than just route. <laughs> they do plenty. First off, it's the device that issues out your IP addresses for every device, which is what we call uh, DHCP or Dynamic Host Configuration Protocol. Basically how it works is if a new computer or phone or something that you want to connect to your network, the router uses this protocol and looks at a pool of IP addresses that it has available. And most routers will have a total of 253 altogether after you take a couple off. And when the new device connects, it issues an IP address that's available. Each device only has one address. If more than one device has the same address, they got some crazy stuff happens. And a lot of times it takes a while to get it sorted out because it's kind of hard to find, believe it or not. But once you get it sorted out, it's usually not too bad. Once an IP address is used, it has a lease time. That lease time is how long the IP address is able to be used. Most are for 24 hours, but you can change that setting in the router to something if you want it to last for a week or however, you, however long you want. But once that lease time is up, 
the router pulls all the addresses and if it's still being used by something say your phone's still connected to it the lease is just automatically re renewed for another 24 hours or whatever the lease time is if the router pulls that ip and it doesn't get a response back then it assumes that device is no longer on the network that address goes back into the pool to be used again by something else the tricky thing with lease times if you decide to change that setting on your router which you can increase it a little bit that way it's not checking every day but i would i would leave it three days max just in case once you change those ip address lease times you want those extra ones to be fluid so let's say you connect a laptop and get an ip but your lease time is for a month once that ip address is issued that can't be used again until that lease is up so say for sake of argument you have relatives come over for the holidays and they connect to your Wi-Fi and you have a long lease time you might run out of IP addresses and not be able to connect to your own Wi-Fi with that new phone that you just got for Christmas so I went through that with the IP addresses to get to basically the main function of the router which is to root data and it does it by IP address so every bit and byte of data that comes from every device on your network has a tag on it that specifies the IP address of where it came from and where it's going. Now, whether or not you're reaching out to just another computer on your network or whether you're going out to a web page on the Internet, as your device sends that data or request out, it attaches those tags to it. So when the return information comes back, the router sees the tag and knows where to send the data. So you get the page on your computer, not on your kid's tablet. There are a lot of a lot of different tags and uh, capsules is what they're called but for the purposes here today we won't go into all of that but why does a router need to do all of that simply because if you want to use more than one device on your modem it has to divvy up that signal coming from your modem and distribute it out to the rest of your devices now your home network is not going to be the same ip address that you get from your ISP, your service provider. What the router does on your home network is it subnets it. It means it subdivides your home network off of your ISP's network, just like a subdivision would subdivide houses in a city. Your home network stands separate and apart from the larger network of your service provider. Now, your third main function of, the, of your router is one that we're probably most familiar with, and it's generating your Wi-Fi. So what exactly is Wi-Fi? Well, Wi-Fi is a radio signal generated from your router that transmits data to and from all your devices. Now, back in the day, the name Wi-Fi actually came from, it didn't, didn't really stand for anything as an acronym, but it was kind of stolen from the old stereo systems of the 70s and 80s. And if you're old enough to remember those big, gigantic, awesome looking stereo systems back in, you know, back in the day, the big humongous speakers and big racks of equipment and everything, their big, their big selling point was hi-fi stereos, you know, high fidelity. Well, they kind of adopted that moniker and started calling it wireless fidelity or Wi-Fi. And the name kind of stuck. So that's, that's how we got that. Now, for the most part, Wi-Fi is in the 2.4 gigahertz band of radio waves. And that's the same band that a lot of cordless phones, some microwaves, and a lot of other stuff, baby monitors. There's a lot of things that use that band. 
So what happened was they decided to add another band to the radios, which is in five gigahertz. So it's a much higher band. It, that way you have a lot less interference. On the only bad thing with the five gigahertz bands is you can only get it over a shorter distance because the that higher band doesn't travel quite as far as the 2.4 gigahertz band. The good thing about it though is you get a lot more speed out of it. The, the five gigahertz networks are very, very fast. But like I said, you just, you gotta be closer to the router to get that speed. And by the way too, uh, also, you may have seen commercials start talking on TV now about cell phones being uh, 5G networks. Well, most of those 5G networks are gonna be in the five gigahertz band. So again, going through, it's gonna be better and faster speed for your cell phone. But the only bad thing is, it's gonna be the distance again. So whenever they say you have 5G in your area, I would hold off for just a little while to make sure that they actually have it close to you because they're gonna need a lot more towers a lot closer together to be able to keep that network going. So just hold off a little bit on, five, on a 5G phone if you're looking into cell phones, I would hold off on that until they get a good bit more to infrastructure built over the next couple of years. Moving on, we'll move to where should you have your router in your home? Well, in a perfect world where you can just drag and drop and put it in the best place that you possibly could, your router would be close to the middle of your house so that all your main areas will get a good strong signal and ideally should be put up on a bookshelf roughly eye level six foot uh, from the floor because the antennas on the routers especially the ones that just have just internal antennas those antennas are designed to go straight out and down just a little bit so if you're you're if you keep your router fairly low to the ground most of the bandwidth and the signal is just going straight out and straight into the ground so you're not doing yourself any good. So if you can, pick it up a little bit and you'll actually see your, uh, you'll see your signal boost a good bit. Now, if you have a two-story house or an apartment, you wanna try to get it as high on the first floor as you can or possibly even on a lower shelf on the second floor. Again, you wanna get it close to the center so all of the, everything would be covered. And I know not all things are perfect and some guys you know from the telephone uh companies and stuff like that install internet in in your home or those guys are shoddy at best and they put it at one end of the house that's easier for them and it leaves the other end of the house with crappy wi-fi in situations like that they do have a solution uh, a couple of them actually one of them is called a wi-fi extender and basically what it is it's once you set it up it's a repeater. It'll take the signal from your router, repeat that signal to the area that doesn't have a whole lot of coverage. So there's, they're pretty easy to set up. They're cost effective. There's a lot of different brands that have them now. They run usually between 60 and $90, depending on which model you get and the few other features and stuff like that that it has. Now, besides extenders, there's a somewhat new old school technology that's just starting to kind of make its way into the home scene 
but they've had this in commercial environments for a long, long time. And what it's called, it's called a mesh Wi-Fi system. Usually it's three or more pods, you know, uh, or three access points is what they're, what they're actually called. And they kind of work along the same line as how the extenders work. But instead of just repeating the signal and then sending it back to the router, all of these pods work together. They share information. They share the IP address table. They share all of that. So they can all work in tandem as one giant unit to give you coverage, you know, Wi-Fi coverage in your house. You'll have one pod will be your master and all of the other ones are going to be slaves. And they all rely on that master for final say, but they'll all share information to make it one seamless unit. Now with these, they are a little bit on the pricey side, but if you have a larger house and you know things are kind of spread out a little bit, then this may kind of want to look, you may want to look into this a little bit. They, they do run for starters normally in the 250 to $300 range for a decent one. Um, and depending on how many extra pods or access points you add, you, you know, that can be another 80 to a hundred dollars each. So it kind of depends on how big you want to go with it. But if you, like I say, if you have a larger house with a big footprint to spread out and you, this may be a good solution for you. Uh, even though some routers can make that you know big leap in the larger homes but this is kind of a simplified solution and it may work best for you you just kind of have to see and use your gut on it and make sure that you're doing what's right for your situation now since we're in the bubble of wi-fi we'll kind of we'll talk speed more specifically the letters on the boxes that are supposed to help you in the market uh if you're in the market for a router now, the different speeds and ranges that routers have are designated by a letter or the network standard. Now, the first one was actually wireless B, but it had a lot of issues, a lot of interference. It was slow. I mean, it was only 10 megabytes per second, which in, even whenever it came out, it was still slow. So they made some improvements, and the next one up, the next standard, was wireless G, which is that one is pretty much the basic wireless standard that everybody uses nowadays. Everything is all backwards compatible and it has and is going to be backwards compatible all the way back to, you know, the wireless G standard. This one still had interference issues, but the speed was increased a little bit, so the speed was uh got bumped up to 54 megabytes per second, which is pretty good, not bad for wireless. Uh, the range was a little bit better, but keep in mind, like I said before, as we move from G on up, all of these are going to be backward compatible, except for the B standard, which is the first one. But all of these are going to be backward compatible now. So the upgrade from the G standard, which is what most of the kind of low-end routers are nowadays, is the wireless N standard. And that was the next big gain. And again, the range got a little bit better, speed got better, uh, the max speed for this router was 300 megabytes per second, so that's pretty quick. Um, and you know, every, every time the standard changes, you know, they improve, we get big uh, big changes in, in the speed, and we like that. Faster is always better. We got, speed is always a good thing. So, but the big thing with the end routers 
is what was called uh, MIMO technology, M-I-M-O, which is multiple in, multiple out. And what this does is it lets the router transfer more data at the same time so one device that was hogging a lot of bandwidth wouldn't slow down the re everything else that was connected to it. Now, most routers nowadays have MIMO uh, technology on it, and even there's a, a couple of updated versions of it, the biggest one being beamforming. Uh, I'll get into that probably on the second part of this, this podcast because I, I kind of wanted to break this one up into two parts and delve a little bit deeper into it. Biggest takeaway is you get more more data can be transferred at once. That's the big that's the big thing from this. And there's a the newest standard that's been taken over and is actually taken over pretty pretty short order is a wireless AC standard. Now, these again up the speed to almost a gigabit connection on Wi-Fi and that's damn fast for a wireless connection but again with these the drawback is that you can only get that speed in the 5 gigahertz band so same things that we applied you know that same things we talked about earlier apply here the if you want to get all of that speed you have to be close because the 5 gigahertz doesn't travel that far you know there are a few newer types coming out now there's a AY there's a ACE there's a there's a couple other ones too but those are those are going to be really really pricey right now and being that the standards are at least on that high end pretty fluid right now not one has taken a big advantage over the other so there's not one standard that has come out to kind of be the dominant one like the like all the rest of them have so they're going to those are like I said far and away expensive and at some point the standard that they're using may not even be be used anymore so it's out if you're gonna if you're looking for a good ac router right now i'll go ahead and look for one stick to the ac routers like i said they backward compatible but kind of keep away from the latest and greatest uh, ones out there just because it's so fluid you know maybe in a uh, six months to a year you know it may kind of solidify a little better that that next the next great standard might pop out but it hadn't yet and like i said these route these new ones are going to be pricey i mean in you know four to eight hundred dollars for a router so unless you're like way 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 hardcore into gaming you know and your fortnite game has to run smooth as silk you know just keep the money in a wallet hold off for a little while you'll be fine using an ac router for the time being like i said earlier if you're in the market and you need something now that like right now your router died you need something to work that'll cheap you know something that'll work that is cheap just look for a, a, a little wireless in router those are they're, they're perfectly good for what they need to do if you don't use it for very much you can pick one up for 35 to 50 bucks i mean they're, they're pretty cheap now if you do have a lot of devices on your network if you stream a lot you might want to kind of go into the the ac routers if you do look into the AC routers, go in and you want to spend the money on a decent one now. You know, if you if you do, don't just don't find one for sixty or eighty bucks. You know, and think it may last. If you want a decent AC router, you're looking in the hundred and thirty to hundred and fifty dollar range to start. But with these, you'll have them for a long time. They're pretty much set up for streaming right out of the box. Connect your streaming devices to the five gigahertz band if they're close enough. 
that'll make for smooth streaming. You won't get much interference. Yeah, you know, if you if you have a choice for video or streaming or anything like that, always use the five gigahertz band. The 2.4 gigahertz will get bogged down a little bit. You may buffer some, but you know, if you're doing that, stick to the five gigahertz and you'll be fine. Let's talk a little bit anatomy, shall we? Uh, for this part, I actually have two routers that I'll be going through that I have uh, at the house, you know, because I'm weird like that. And, you know, I just happen to have a couple of extra routers just lying around, you know, don't, don't judge. No, seriously, don't judge. <laughs> uh, but the first one, anyway, uh, is going to be a Linksys E2500. And the reason I got, not only that I, that I have these on hand, you know, at the house that, that I wasn't using, so it wouldn't make good examples, but these two routers are actually pretty good. These are pretty good cross-section of the routers that are out there now. They're usually one of two types, and I, these just happen to be one of each. So it's actually a good thing that I had them. But anyway, going back, uh, we have a Linksys E2500 which is a good little router. I've never had a Linksys router fail on me. Um, I did have one that happened to overheat a lot. It never died, but it did overheat a little bit. Um, now, a few years back, the design of these was really popular. Right now, routers are kind of going through kind of a renaissance because before it was, you know, just blocky little boxes and stuff like that. They, they're actually putting the work into them now to make them stand apart and you know if you ha happen to have one on your shelf to make it look good besides work good so that's kind of cool I, I, they, they got several of them that are really really nice looking routers uh, they got a few of them that out there that look more like spaceships than routers this one here is actually one of the one of the ones that's a really simple router i mean it is there's basically nothing to it uh, there's no antennas on the outside everything's internal it does have both bands, the 2.4 and the 5 gigahertz band. Um, it's just basic plastic. Vent holes are at the bottom, you know, for the, to dissipate all the heat and cool it off. Um, a quick note on that too: if you do place your router on something, make sure it has good ventilation. Don't stack up stuff around the sides of it. Don't put it on carpet or you know something like that to block those vents because. Those things will heat up and they will eat themselves if they heat up too much. So make sure it has good ventilation. You know, the, the boards on those things, it, if they get, if they run too hot for too long, I mean, you, you'll take years off of the life of these things. Going back, back to the business end, of this, uh, this Linksys router is on the back end. And that's where all the cables plug in. There are a few other things too I'll get in a second, but there are five ethernet ports one yellow and four blue now there's a reason for that and the blue ports are going to be the stuff that you normally plug straight into the router that you want to have a connection uh, they do have a little 100m on the top let you know they're 100 megabyte per second ports which is you know kind of the standard ports uh, gigabit ports are uh, getting to be a lot more normal now uh, in routers but being that this is a little bit older it's you know at that point gigabit was real really on the high end so these still have the 100 megabit ports uh the yellow port is your wan port with wan or your wide area network that's where the cable from your modem goes so that's your internet link to the router 
And aside from the power cable and the power button, uh, the only other button on the back of this is a button with two arrows that make a circle. And what it is, that's called the WPS, or the Wi-Fi Protected Setup. And basically it lets you connect a Wi-Fi device without having to put in the login credentials for your network. It's kind of like pairing a Bluetooth headset to your phone. Uh, you push the button, you let the device search and connect, the router generates its own passcode between itself and the device, and it, it lets it connect. Uh, it's a cool cool feature uh i really haven't used it a whole lot i've tried it a couple of times on a couple of devices being that i sign into my router a lot and i you know i'm always in my router and stuff like that i really don't use the wi-fi protected setup too much because you know i'm, I'm so used to just signing in with my my regular credentials but it is a cool feature and you know it's it's something it's it's something different so good new features good features are always something welcome you know you can always try it never never a bad thing to have too many ways to connect your devices to your router now the next router that i have is by tp link and it's an archer c7 now this one is a wireless ac router so it's the newer standard that we talked about this one has a lot more to it uh, on the top it has LEDs going all the way across the top and as we're going over it if you go left to right on your radio dial we have lights for power when it's turned on the system light that blinks let you know that the system that the routers up and working like it should uh, the 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi band it's got a light for the 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi band uh, it has lights for all four of the wired Ethernet connections. It has the internet connection light, you know, to show the status, make sure that the, the connection between the router and the modem is good. And also the WPS light. So that'll blink whenever you're using the, the Wi-Fi protected setup uh, function that we just talked about. Now, going through, if you turn it over, there's only a, one sticker with the MAC address and the serial numbers. Uh, this one's a little bit different because it actually gives you the login information for uh, the default login uh, on that sticker as well. Some some place, uh, some routers do that, not all of them. Most of them have it in the, the manual that come with it. They don't usually just have it right there on the sticker. So that was a little bit different. I forgot that, that was actually there. And now we'll move to the back of the router. And since this one's a little bit more serious, a little bit higher end, the, this one does have connectors for three antennas. Um, the antennas on the outside are gonna be for the five gigahertz band. The 2.4 gigahertz band uh, antennas are gonna be internal, just like on the Linksys. But they're gonna, there's a couple of differences here too. Now, going left to right again, you have your power, your power connector, and a switch. And there's actually that switch on here is to be able to turn the wireless antennas on and off. So you can actually turn off the radios just by flipping a switch on the back of the router rather than having to go in into the router and actually turn it off, which is kind of a cool feature. Um, especially it, that would be good for kids who don't want to go to bed. You know, they, they don't want to go to bed. Guess what? Click one little switch. All our devices die. So <laughs> that may be something you parents out there might want to look into. But uh, we'll move on a little bit. 
And this one actually also has two USB ports. And you can connect things like external hard drives or stuff like, you know, things like that. And why would you want to connect a hard drive to a router? Well, if you connect it straight to the router, you can access that drive from any device that happens to, that's connected to that network. So if you run backups, you know, all of your backups will be in one place. Uh, you won't have to navigate and worry about all of the security protocols and stuff like that and trying to, you know, map drives and all of that, you know, really crazy stuff that you need that you need to do to be able to get to a drive that's hooked to another computer. Everything goes straight to the router and you're good to go. Uh, you can also do it also uh, not just backups, but if you have uh, a lot of movies, if you download movies. Again, you download all your movies to that hard drive. All your devices are going to be able to get to it from there. Um, even some projectors and some smart TVs and stuff like that. Especially, I think, uh, if I remember right, it's the Sony DL, uh, DLNA, I believe is what it's called. That's kind of their, their version of you know remote streaming. That actually works really good if you have an external drive hooked to your router you know for that tv that that setup works really well doing that so that may be something if you have a sony tv or sony streaming player or something like that or something that uses that dlna uh, streaming option that may be something you want to look into too okay now moving on this one again is a little bit different the wired ports on the back of this one are different colors and this one the internet port is actually blue and all the regular ports are yellow. So that's the exact opposite of the Linksys router. So if you're going through, look carefully whenever you're setting up your router or moving it or unplugging it. These ports are not always color specific. In this case, there isn't a label for what kind of ports they are, even though they're gigabit ports. The internet port is labeled. Uh, it's not WAN, so it's actually labeled internet. So it's a little bit different there as well. But, um, you know, lastly on the back, besides all uh, those ports, is the WPS button again. And that one also acts as the reset button for the router, just in case something goes absolutely crazy and you have to reset the router back to factory. So, in the grand scheme of things, what does all of this mean? Well, the main reason I went over all of that with you is when, if you have to move or set up a new router or anything like that you want to make sure things are plugged in the right place you want to make sure you're not putting where they don't belong because if you do then your router will not work right and you'll get frustrated and aggravated because i've done it myself on a couple of occasions so make sure you double check don't always rely on the colors they're not everything is not color coded you know it's it's going to be by manufacturer some use different stuff in different layouts so you know please take a look at it read slowly now if you do get confused or uh, something's plugged in the wrong place pretty much every router now has manuals online you can do a search for the make and model of your router and you should be able to find it and by the way all the manuals will go through how to set it up for that particular router from start to finish so there is always help out there if you need it you just got to kind of poke around and see what you can find as far as documentation goes but if you get stuck Look for, look for the documentation and go from there. Today, I just kind of wanted to give a basic introduction on routers and Wi-Fi so that later on, 
in an upcoming episode we can kind of build off of this one and get into more some of the advanced features and setups and and stuff like that that you can do with your router you know you got to get the basics out of the way first right so in the next few episodes be on the lookout for part two and we're going to take a deeper dive into the routers that we went over today and you know go into some of the features that they have the setups some of the security features that they have that keep you and your home network safe uh, I do want to thank everybody for listening today and keep in mind uh, you can listen to all of the previous episodes on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Uh, so no matter what platform you like to use, you'll be able to find the podcast. I try to spread it out as much as I possibly can, make it easier on you guys. You can always keep up to date on the goings on of the podcast on the Facebook page too. Uh, just search at Down South IT and you can find it there. Uh, give the page a like let me know you stopped by and if all else fails you can reach me through email too at downsouthit at gmail.com uh, also don't forget to go check out the new web page uh, downsouthit.wordpress.com we'll see how that goes and i'll keep you up to date on how that how the, uh, the page is coming out and you can go check it out and see anything that changes i will be posting articles and stuff like that on uh, on there as well so give it a shot, see what happens. And right, I also wanted to, if you hadn't seen the Facebook page recently, uh, the podcast has now been listened to over 200 times. Not bad for only having five episodes in the books. So even, uh, I've even had a few international listeners too, from uh, Spain, Russia, Canada, Mexico, and a few other places. So Thank you to my, the international audience as well. It was a welcome surprise to have you check in with me, and I want to thank you for listening. And as I always do to end the show, I like to paraphrase Albert Hubbard and saying, technology can replace the work of many ordinary people, but it can never replace the work of one extraordinary person. So go out and be extraordinary today. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time right here on the Down South IT Podcast. Later.